Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery and addiction topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The views expressed here are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, a guy that would love to be united. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And it's spiritual principle time. We're talking about unity. Yay. I, honestly, like looking at this list of spiritual principles that we have, Billy, it's like this extensive list that I've tried to pull out of all the literatures and, and just random things online. And, and we're getting low, right? There's <laughs> the ones left. I look at them and I'm like, are these actually different than something we've already talked about? Right. Like, we've done acceptance and there's like self-acceptance i'm like is that really that i mean i guess kind of <laughs> but uh and, and they just seem a little tougher to talk about but you know unity even though it doesn't seem interesting to talk about reading through it this morning it seemed a lot more interesting to me i guess yeah it's definitely a principle that applies in a lot of areas of our life you right. know that is more than just recovery <laughs> or just personal like it does affect a lot of people around right, us so right well, it, to start with a definition, I, I got a couple that seemed kind of like what we were going for. Um, one, the state of being united or joined as a whole, hmm. I think is kind of partially what we're going for with the practice of unity as a spiritual principle. The other one I got was continuity without deviation or change, as and it says in parentheses, as in purpose or action. That reminded me more of like a fidelity thing, which is something we've yeah. kind of mentioned recently. But but I kind of think that's part of what we're going for with this spiritual principle of unity, like this continuity of purpose almost is, is part of what we mean. Well, definitely in recovery, that yeah, should yeah. be the guiding force, I guess, of right. our unity okay. <laughs> like, is, is having like, I guess you would say fidelity in our message and our purpose, like within... Narcotics Anonymous, we say, you know, we have our primary purpose, you know, and things like that. Um, and if we aren't sure what we're united on, then we get <laughs> a little mixed up, you right, know, right. like maybe we're united on the concept of uh, abstinence is the only way to recover. Like if we get locked into that, like that can be not where we want to be united. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that's why they use the word unity here for continuity of purpose instead of like a where we're saying fidelity because that's more continuity of what it looks like being delivered i guess so like if we had fidelity you and i would sponsor by giving the same reactions and answers and responses to our sponsees but continuity of purpose we could both be striving to sponsor to help this individual who's struggling and yet do that drastically different ways, right? right? You could work steps. I might take them to Six Flags. Who knows? Like, right. So maybe that's why there. It's a, the unity is the continuity of purpose, but not necessarily it doesn't have to look the same. Yeah, huh, that's interesting because I hadn't thought about that. And the definition that I had looked at, I liked, but now I'm like, oh, maybe that's... So the one I had said, you know, that I thought, oh, this is it, was the state or quality of being in accord or harmony. But mm. I don't know that that is the right, unity that we want in recovery because if we're just all about like being in harmony like are we 
keeping in line with what our primary purpose is. Yeah. You know, we could easily get lost, falling into the group, going right, along right. with a group of people that we don't agree with. Yeah. Huh. Well, That's and we know like yeah. groupthink is a thing, right? right. If like ninety percent of the people all believe one thing, it, the tendency is that the other ten percent will fall in line. Like, so yeah, that is kind of interesting. And I, there was some readings in our literature about harmony, and like I liked that idea, but I, I do see like almost the dark side of where that could go, right? If if we're like, wait a minute, I thought we were here to help the still suffering addict, but everybody in the home group is voting for a pool party that doesn't allow people with less than a year because they might steal from the person's home or something. Like, yeah, am I going to just, oh, well, for sake of harmony, let's do it and exclude all the newcomers. Right, like, or you end up with people that end up in like service positions, me being in this spot at one time, like being in service positions begrudgingly because you feel like you have to, you know what I mean? To keep mm -hmm. everything moving and, and then you're doing things that are maybe inconvenient or not what you want to be doing. You know? Right. And you easily find yourself in places where you're, you're doing things in this spirit of unity that aren't necessarily in your own best interest. And know? I feel like when I do that, that ends up breeding resentment in me. Right. Unity. I don't feel united after that. I feel angry. <laughs> And there is a balance of those two things, right? So how do we balance out like what is good and healthy for me and then what is also good and healthy for the group, you know, mm -hmm. that I'm trying to demonstrate my unity with or right. be in unity with. Something you just said reminded me of what we were talking about before we came on here and just that idea of like that's kind of something that I've been working on for me is understanding that if I'm doing something that I know later I'm going to be bitter and resentful about towards somebody, I just want to choose not to do it up front, right? Like I, I don't want to do that harmonious or, or unity looking action if it's going to produce this disunity or, or, or disconnection later down the line for me at least. And I can know that usually because typically I have an idea of like, I don't want to be doing this thing right. and I'm mad about it. Huh. And, and it's I, interesting. I've had. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's cool. So I've had two incidents like that recently, and I, I guess hopefully this will help me clear some of that up, like balancing out that idea of unity versus, I guess we'll call it self care or self, you know, love. Yeah. And one was with my wife. There was a day we were here on. I think it was a Sunday, and we were supposed to go to the grocery store, and I didn't feel well. And you know, she's like, "Oh, don't you want to go to the store with me?" And the truth was, no, I didn't. I didn't want to go. I felt like shit. And then I went and was kind of a jerk the whole time mm. that I went, you know, right. with that same thing. Like, right. I'm going and I'm having this attitude <laughs> of, like, being an asshole. And then we got home that night and she's like, yeah, you know, you just were in a terrible mood all day. And it's like, well, I told you I didn't feel well and I didn't want to go to the store. And she's like, well, you actually, you didn't. I just asked you if you wanted to go to the store and you said you would. Like, huh. And so we had that conversation yeah. of about. You know, it would have been better for me to just be honest and say, yeah. look, I'm not feeling well. I don't want to go. Sorry. It'd be best if you did this by yourself, you know, and then she'd have went and we wouldn't have been in that yeah. argument. But for me, the idea is, oh, I have to go. I want to help, you know, and be a part of doing something that neither of us want to do. It's <laughs> annoying. It sucks right. going to the grocery store, you know, whatever. So that was one area. And I was like weighing that out of like, huh, is it? Is it good for me to put myself in this position of suffering for the whole or for the group by doing a bunch of shit that I don't want to do, that I don't feel right. like doing, and then I do it and act like an asshole? <laughs> right, and that's yeah. like my life story. You just <laughs> right. you just told my biography there, Billy, with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, 
I think what I've been learning is I need to find that place where I do the right thing for me so that I can stay in a good enough place to be able to do the right thing for others. Right. And that sounds a little, you know, convoluted as you go through it sometimes. But like if me and my wife say, hey, we're going to share this duty of, of, you know, this thing around the house, this chore, we're going to split it down the middle. And then it comes out at the end of every week. She only does it once and I do it six times. That's not unity for us unless I feel okay with that, right? right. And I got to speak up. And even though it's hard, I got to somehow make it even. And if she's not willing to do it more than one, maybe I just got to be not willing to do it more than three. Right. Not, you know what I mean? Like I have to hold my line of what's right for me regardless of what's right or wrong for that other party. And I think that's where some of this unity in the literature was telling, you know, or I guess speaking to me this morning when I was reading through it was this idea of like, this only works when we're all being authentic and saying what will work for us to be in that harmony. Because when you went to that store or when we're doing that thing that doesn't feel like it's our fair share, that's not harmony on our end. Yeah. And the harmony has got to be equal for everybody, right? Maybe it is. I got to give a little, but so does the other person in the equation. Yeah. And again, every time we talk about these, I feel like I say the same thing, but I figure I learn it again, you know, right. in, in harmony it's not just harmony as a spiritual principle stands alone by itself. Like it works right. in accord with these other spiritual principles and like honesty is one of them. And if I'm not being honest about mm. how I feel, am I really working in harmony? You right. know, because if I'm, if I'm not saying, you know, my truth and I'm just going along because I don't want to make waves that, you know, is the absence of some of those principles we talk right. about, you know, right. I'm not standing up for myself. I'm not having any self-love, uh, right. That's self-love, one of the ones I keep skipping. <laughs> right. You know, I'm just, I'm just giving in and, uh, submitting to something that I don't want to do and then calling it harmony, right? you know? And so it's missing out on these other spiritual principles that, you know, work together to form harmony. Well, and I think that's a, that's a teaching or or a programming or a modeling or however you want to refer to these things (laughs) that I keep bringing up. But like, if you think about my childhood, at least I was expected to do what the, the bigger, stronger people wanted me to do to keep harmony. That was the message I got, right? Because when they weren't harmonious with me, that sucked. (laughs) I got punished. I got yelled at, whatever. And so, yeah, why, why wouldn't I grow up and go into the world and think that the goal is to like tamp out what I need for everyone else's harmony? Right. You and know? a minor, uh, I'm going to use the word disagreement, but like a minor disagreement or working through some areas of conflict, like in my mind, immediately that's, oh, that's disunity, that's lack of harmony and all that. But it's really not. Like if right. you can talk those things out if you feel safe to like express your opinions and talk about things maybe if it does even get a little bit heated like hopefully you can continue communication work to the other side of it and then come out you know better and stronger versus you know stuffing your feelings being quiet and getting you know years down the road having all these resentments and feeling like you've given up you know your life, let's say, to like yeah. a fellowship, you know, oh, I've given and sacrificed my time and my energy and my efforts to this fellowship. And now these people aren't doing for me what I think they should be doing. Right, right. <laughs> like, and right. then, you know, all of a sudden, all this work that we thought we did supposedly for harmony really just led to a resentment that separated us from right. the group in the end. Yeah. And how do you know? 
Like that's tricky. I feel like early on because everything sounds miserable early. (laughs) All these ideas. I don't. I don't know. Maybe let's get into some of our literature. Uh, (laughs) Some of the the Narcotics Anonymous literature, Mm. I should say. Um, So these first pieces are from the basic text. This one is a little long. Our members come from every walk of life. We are not contained within political or geographical boundaries, nor are we limited by any individual differences in faith or philosophy. No matter what conflicts are unfolding in the world at large, we aspire to an ideal of unity. Our common welfare should come first. Our text explains that this unity of purpose helps us, quote, to achieve the true spirit of anonymity, end quote, where all of us are equal as members of the group. With that as our foundation, we as individual recovering addicts are each able to find our own distinct voice and sing a song that is uniquely ours. This new edition presents some of these voices. I don't know why that last part was in there. I mean, when you read that, so it gets exactly, I think, to what we were just talking about. It's like the idea of unity isn't that I just become a cyborg that goes along with the flow of the group and does whatever everybody tells me to do. It's that I find my unique and authentic voice as a member of that group to express myself freely. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I, I hear that in there, too. And I've even heard, uh, it might I might have pulled it out this morning, or just I've heard along the way that whole... unity is not uniformity yes kind of saying right like uh, we can all be working towards the same purpose and yet all again look very very different and uh, i think it even says in our maybe it's a step working guides god i keep saying our narcotics anonymous step working guides that each of us has a unique personality that is sure to be an attraction to many Mm. right and like basically talking about when we're giving back to others or sharing of ourselves it's best to do that as authentically as possible because that's what's going to reach some of those people that need to hear us being authentic as possible you know what i mean people that are like us but i i I do feel like and this was the first piece that reminded me of this because i hadn't thought about this for a while but like my general idea of unity along the way in the program of narcotics anonymous was this feeling of like that the literature kept pointing at unity as like a cult. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. don't second guess this. Unity is the most important thing, and you won't survive if we don't have unity. And it's like, oh, that feels yucky. Well, unfortunately, I think that's the way that it comes across at first. And for many of us, including myself, like we think what we're doing is the best, rightest way. Mm-hmm. And with good intentions, like when I would say, you know, oh, you need to be, you know, working steps at this pace or doing this at this pace or you need to be doing this, you know, like I said those things from a place of like at the time caring and thinking that I was really doing the right thing and helping someone. But a lot of that is like self-righteousness almost, not even recognizing it, but it's self-righteousness and not giving people autonomy to have different voices and if you there is a large group of people that have a common voice that i don't think always agrees with what i would say the fellowship is or represents now you know 20 years later right (laughs) in my recovery but early on you know it's it's easy like that's what i did most of my life whatever i think is right that's what everybody else should be doing and if everyone would just do that things would be great you know just do it my way that's cool. 
And there's a lot of people that feel that way, I think, early on. <laughs> Sounds exactly like one of my caregivers. That's all I'm saying. I <laughs> uh, wonder where I got that yeah, right. attitude from. Yes, yes, I agree. But, I, you know, even you labeling it as self-righteous, which I don't disagree. Like, I'm looking at the behavior in you early on and me early on. Yes, what you just described is self-righteousness, right? But labeling it that and then following it with, I didn't even know it was because I wasn't aware that any of that was happening, which <laughs> right. seems is true for me. I had no idea. Man, it feels bad to be labeled as some negative quality like that when I really just wasn't even aware of what was going on inside of me or around me. You know what I mean? Like I was in such a state of confusion and to feel like and we're doing it to ourselves and I'm sure others are, too. But just to feel labeled for that when I really just didn't know feels so right. harsh. Yeah. yeah and. I mean, again, I hope people find their way to some of this information earlier than I did. But what I realized, as you just talked about, like a lot of that was in my upbringing as a child. That's the message that I got. Go along with whoever the authority is. Do whatever they tell you to do. Your feelings and opinions don't matter. In fact, you just get stuff that shit down and do what you're supposed to do. And that makes everything okay or right. good <laughs> somehow you know so like that was just a and i mean it was is sometimes still just a living skill for me like right. that's just how i that's a mode of operation that <laughs> i live most of my life from unfortunately bad upbringing right um and not owning you know i don't say not owning that because i didn't even recognize it but it's taken a long time to get to a place of recognizing that and then unraveling some of the bad information. And unfortunately, a lot of people end up in addiction or 12-step fellowships because they didn't get these good living skills right, early on in right. life. You know? <laughs> like we lack them. So we come in you know, as a group of uh, usually I'll say damaged people. Like yeah. our emotional skills aren't where they should be. Our relationship skills aren't where they should be. So – at least what I've seen anecdotally is that most of us come in and our idea of uh, unity is just let me just follow the herd. Let me just do what everybody else says yeah. I should do. Even though the literature clearly says we shouldn't, we just like we right. ignore that and just go along with the herd. <laughs> well, and I feel like from that and, and not to say that this is like a, a tried and true scientific evidence kind of thing, but just thinking about that idea. And this idea that we kind of all have these different attachment states, right? And there's the, the insecure anxious and the insecure avoidant. And like that to me, not that there's only two types of people. There's a fuck ton of types of people. But just thinking of these kind of pieces being in people in some degree or level, right? You're going to have the people that say, oh, I'm here. I'm finding myself capable of doing all the things the herd is doing. Awesome. I'm going to fit in. I'm going to tell everybody else how bad they are when they aren't fitting in. <laughs> right? Like, this is great. Right. And then you got your other half of people who who maybe struggle to get on board or, or be able to entice their body to do the thing that their body doesn't really want to do. And they just feel like the outcast and get out of the 12-step world or feel pushed out of the 12-step world. And it's like, damn, we're could it be that we're only really accessing half of the people that feel like they have the ability early on to jump on board? And I know you can think of that character. It, it was yeah. me for sure. That, that, you know, rookie of the year, Narcotics oh, Anonymous sure. yeah. member, right. right? Like that's checking all the boxes. Yeah. Right? yeah. Look at me getting on board. Right. I can share just like them and intentionally like yes. me intentionally. Like what are the boxes I need to check to get the approval of everyone around? Right. Right. 
so I, and when you're saying all that, I'm like, yeah, that's definitely true within at least, you know, the fellowship that I was in and other 12-step fellowships. But then I'm like taking that out even further. I mean, isn't that a major problem even in like politics nowadays or religion or, you know, with yeah. kids in school, like which cell phone that you have? Like we all, you know, seem to like have this drive... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Like, why does it feel so natural to, like, pick a side and be right and then work towards mm. disunity? Like, why does that feel right. so, like, like, tribal? You know, tribal yeah. is, is the word. And, you know, unfortunately, we can do that within our 12-step fellowships, a place where, obviously, most of our guiding principles tell us we shouldn't, but yet we still find ourselves doing that. I just looked it up. There's 331.9 million people as of 2021 <laughs> in the United States. Mm. Do you think we all actually fall in two or three categories of politics? Right. <laughs> right? Like, do you really think that we're all that similar? Well, and not, not to get off on politics, but, it, and I found this in probably recovery too. Like, most of the time, if I talk to people and get rid of all the labels and, like, mm. sort of talk on, like, base level stuff like what most people are upset about in our society are very similar things we're all upset yeah. about the same things we're all upset that our politicians aren't representing us in you know within this democracy right. framework we're all upset about feeling like we're paying too much in taxes whatever being overcharged we all feel like we gotta work our asses off just to get by why somebody else over there is getting tax breaks mm. and handouts and everything and that doesn't matter which party and then right. how we approach that is to like blame it on somebody else and then attack this other group of people yes <laughs> and uh blame you know <laughs> yeah and it's it's sad it's like how do you get people to sort of look towards these spiritual principles uh -huh. to to look at how we can come together to solve problems and I don't know. It's a big issue. <laughs> right, right. So what I'm picturing there, not to get us way too off topic, yeah. is like this idea of when you're in this uh, lower state of Maslow's hierarchy of needs or when you're in a more elevated or escalated and dysregulated nervous system, we're going to need a group. We're going to need a clan, right? Because we're in a survival state. We're saying the world is about to come crashing down and our life is going to end. I mean, we saw this in... in you know, lower socioeconomic status communities a long time ago. They joined gangs because right. they were fucking terrified of not having enough food, right? Of not surviving till the next day. It was a dangerous place. And then, you know, maybe people started uh, affiliating with their teams, uh, their sports teams, and getting mad at other, you know, rival sports teams and having fights in the stadiums. And now on a bigger level, we've all decided to join a, a tribe or group or gang that protects us. And it's Democrats and Republicans, you know, because we're all living in that fear response. And I feel like that's exactly what's kept me from being able to maybe live some of these higher level ideals that we're talking about. Like once I could calm my nervous system and see that I'm not in that survival mode, like it's not really survival around my physical person right now, 
I have the ability to say, you know what? I don't want to act from this place of just, I need protection. I need to hoard things to stay safe. I need, like, I don't want to be there. And I have the ability to not. And that's what I think it's going to take for all of us. We got to calm down. We got to slow down. We got to understand that unity is not just following the herd. It's like saying, oh, wait a minute. That part doesn't sound that good. Maybe we need to rethink that. Like, I agree with some of your ideals, political group, but like, Maybe not all of them. Or. Yeah, and I think in the spirit of unity, you know, the way we get ourse- ourselves guided back towards unity is, is really to focus on, like, what are we really trying to accomplish? What are we really hoping mm. to get done, the you purpose. know? And yeah. within our 12-step fellowships, hopefully that should be a little more clear. I mean, they spell it out pretty clearly in our literature, although right. sometimes our actions don't match up with that. But also, you know, I can take that and be like, all right, well, when I'm at, you know, my particular meetings involved in my particular fellowship, you know, we have a pretty guided purpose. But when I get outside of that and I look at, let's say, the recovery community at large that Mm -hmm. might include, you know, people that are on MATs or people that are doing different pathways of recovery or people that are on, you know, any any different, you know, some maybe a Christian pathway of recovery. Like, I can look at what is our unity. Well, for me, a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want people to die. I don't want people to suffer. I want people to find a path that helps build them up in their life and get them to a new direction. So my unity, when I'm working with a larger uh, recovery community, is slightly different than it is when I'm within my particular 12-step fellowship, you know, and needing to be like, aware of that (laughs) like needing to be like hey i'm you know this is a different setting in a different group when i'm in this group you know these are our values and beliefs and our unity here and it doesn't mean i change it doesn't mean i completely throw out you know the fact that i'm abstinence based and i think that's a great pathway of recovery and that you know it's willing to help um that i'm willing to help people but at the same time you know i don't i shouldn't be so self-righteous as to say that's the only way to help people and all these other people are doing it wrong you know like right it's tricky yeah this uh i'm gonna get us back on this next reading it's a longer one uh even longer than that first one (laughs) but it, it also speaks to i think a piece of what you just said of how even though this is clearly spelled out in our literature this had a very different feel for me reading it early on and throughout my recovery than it does now so this piece is Our survival is directly related to the survival of the group and the fellowship. To maintain unity within Narcotics Anonymous, it is imperative that the group remains stable or the entire fellowship perishes and the individual dies. Our personal experiences while using differed from one another. As a group, however, we have found many common themes in our addiction. One of these was the need to prove self-sufficiency. We had convinced ourselves that we could make it alone and proceeded to live life on that basis. The results were disastrous, and in the end, each of us had to admit that self-sufficiency was a lie. This admission was the starting point of our recovery and is a primary point of unity for the fellowship. We had common themes in our addiction, and we find that in our recovery, we have much in common. We share a common desire to stay clean. We have learned to depend on a power greater than ourselves. Our purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. Our traditions are the guidelines that protect us from ourselves. They are our unity. And like, that's an interesting and complex paragraph, right? But just the start of it where it like, 
digs into how our survival is dependent upon the fellowship or the group's survival or the program survival and like we'll die if and if narcotics anonymous doesn't survive like that always felt so much like a culty statement like well you better do what's right for the group over top of you or or you won't make it anyway and it's like i never liked that early on i hated it hmm. yeah and i and i don't know maybe i just heard it a little different now Probably. and i don't know that i, I even paid to. attention to that shit early on but like when i hear it now what i hear is what i recognize is that I alone was never good at solving my addiction problem. Yeah. I can't just take this book and go sit in my bedroom somewhere and read it by myself and mm -hmm. figure it out. You know, I need something outside of me. Now, where I've grown in my recovery is to say, maybe it is Narcotics Anonymous, but it also could be Alcoholics Anonymous. It also could be some of these other things, too. For me, what's worked is this, but that, you know, I... I need help solving this problem. And mm. if I keep trying to do it by myself, I will probably kill myself. You know, that's interesting. In one way I, or another. I didn't hear that at all in there. Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, so, and that's sort of like, I don't know, maybe just we're talking about unity. So that's where <laughs> my head is. But yeah. Well, I feel like I definitely experienced reading this paragraph different this morning than I ever have. And I was more in tune with like, yeah, this is kind of what I'm doing in my life and my family. This is great. <laughs> right. But I guess just this feeling of like what it always felt like for me was I'm not allowed to question Narcotics Anonymous. That's what it always felt like. Hmm. You can't ever question and say what, what you think in this moment is the most important is actually is because if people over there in that program are saying it ain't, then you better get on board or you're going to die. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. And I, hate, I, like, I could not stand that trapped in a corner or like you don't have any options feeling. So it just always pissed me off. Yeah, and I guess it comes back to, you know, Winnie Jenny, the talk about the Buddhist yeah, middle path somewhere. It's like, you know, we got to we got to figure out like, you know, with unity. And again, with that statement, it's like there's a there's a middle path somewhere. It's not like I completely lose myself and my whole identity and everything right. that I am to become totally uniform with this group. <laughs> right. But at the same time, if I go sit there and chastise everybody and act like an asshole and stand on the outside and do everything alone, I'm probably not going to feel like I fit in and I'm not going to be very welcome. Even right. though our principles tell us we should, that's pretty difficult to, <laughs> you know, do to right. someone who actively is pushing you away. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, it's easy to hear. Like I just, I should just conform and I go along with, and I'm not allowed to challenge some of these ideas. But as I've, stuck around and grown in my understanding of these principles and how they work together. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I question everything, question everything that you read in here and here, you should right. question all of it and make sure that's in alignment with your values and the person that you want to be. Yeah. Don't take any of it for, you know, you just got to do it because like right. you really need to understand my experience has been, that's the only way that I'm really going to apply it when I'm just doing it because you told me to do it. I'm, going through the motions without reaping some of the benefits yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not really getting anything out of it. And then it becomes a resentment because I feel like I'm just putting in and not getting anything back. Yeah. And if anything, I feel like I'm putting in and maybe I'm getting like negative returns on that because right. I'm getting pissed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so one of the things I feel like has twisted for me is being able to realize that I, I am my own human, my own person. I can choose what I want. I don't have to necessarily 
do the thing that's going to make other people happy in order to be okay with myself at the end of the day. And that has like changed this whole fucking paragraph for me because this is what I'm doing in my family. This is what I'm saying. I go home and it doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if one of my teenagers has broken the rules or if my wife has said something to me that was offensive or mean. Like the point that I'm keeping in mind is that we're here for unity. We're here as a family system that all loves each other and working towards the greatest goal for all of us, the greatest benefit for all of us, right? That might not be the greatest thing for Jason at any given moment, right? But it also has to fit in what's acceptable for Jason in any moment, right? If my family really, if what's best for them is something that's not good for me, I cannot do it. I cannot be a part of it, right? And, and it's just this idea of like the unity and our cohesion and our caring about each other that's our primary purpose. That comes before whether you failed a class, whether you stayed out too late, whether you said something to me in a mean way a couple hours ago. The important thing is that we can come back together because our purpose is to love each other and know that that's hard to do. Right. And like that feels really warm and great and it's working awesome. And like, man, I wish I'd have had that when I was uh, uh, a more attending member of Narcotics Anonymous so that I could have gave some of that to them too. Yeah, and there's a part of unity that requires that the individual not be completely self-centered. You know, like it's it's right. in, like a part of unity is me also understanding that it's not all about me though, mm. you know, and the same with my family. Like, yeah, I could just come into my family and tell them what I want to do every weekend and what I want to do, mm. you know, with our free time and how I want to take our vacations. But is that really in a sense of, you know, working in a sense of unity or a sense of purpose within our family? Like that everybody just do what I want to do all the time? I mean, maybe I could bully them into going along and it would look like unity or sound like unity because they're not allowed to question or have any opinions or whatever. But that's the upbringing that I got. Right, right. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure my parents felt like there was a lot of unity because there was a lot of like falling in line, doing what you were supposed to Uh do because you were afraid of the consequences. So there is a little bit of uh, a requirement of us as the individual to be able to look at like our family. Well, what is best for my family at this point? You know, right. You know, maybe I don't I don't ever want to go to the grocery store, but somebody's got to do it. And can I, can I suck that up within a reasonable, you know, framework and, and what is my reason for not wanting to go? I just don't like it, you know, mm-hmm. then eh, maybe I can do it and it's not such a big deal. But when I'm making those conscious decisions, then I find that I don't have those resentments and mm-hmm. that anger and that bitterness underneath of it all. It's like, no, I'm doing this because I believe in it and it's in alignment with my values. So I think when you say the piece about the person or it requires the person to not be totally self-centered, right? What I'm looking at from that, and this is, I'm not trying to give anybody else a program that will work for them. I'm just saying of what it felt like changed for me. Uh, It felt like when I committed to a sense uh, or or the idea that I'm going to give myself and my body whatever the fuck I need in this moment to feel comforted, better, not as miserable. I I don't even know how to encapsulate what I'm doing exactly, but just I'm willing to stop everything else and take care of me, right? And once I got there and I started doing that and my body started feeling better because it felt like it could count on me. Anytime shit felt terrible for it, I'm going to do something. It might not be the right thing, but I'm going to give it something. Maybe I just lay the fuck down under the covers for 20 minutes. I don't know. 
But from there and feeling better, the whole world looks different, Billy, right? Like my wife says, do you want to go to the grocery store? And I don't feel terrible in my body. So there feels (laughs) like there's space to do that. And, And not only space to do it, but it's like there's space to say, Ah, you know, I really don't like using my time to go to the grocery store. It's a pain in the ass, but I do like eating. That's cool. And also, like, I could probably have fun with my wife and kids while we're here and goofing off at the grocery store. And I can, right? And it's like, I don't think that ability existed when my body didn't feel as good because it needed the optimal conditions around it to just be okay. And, And I don't know how to, like... I don't know that it takes people not being self-centered. I think it takes people feeling better. Yeah. Then it just or, or just up. being healthier. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not to no, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, I mean, immediately when you said that, I'm like, yeah, I think in my life now I am doing a lot more. I mean, what sometimes I've been told is selfish things for myself, you know, and just being like, Hey, it's important to me that I get to the gym, you know, a bunch of days during the week, maybe right. not five, but at least four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps with a lot of my anxiety. It helps with, you know, attention. Um, it's important that I meditate, take some time for myself for certain things. Like I gotta, I can't work in a spirit of unity when I'm all fucked up inside. Right, <laughs> like, right. It's impossible, you know. It's, right. Yeah, there's chaos in my brain. <laughs> So we get to some shorter things. These will be easier to talk about, hopefully, because we can remember what they said. Oh, one of the things, searching through these all digitally and, and you know, control F, look for the word unity. unity. The word unity is in our text quite a bit, but the words community and opportunity, holy fuck. A lot. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Every four out of five of every unity search that came up was mostly just opportunity and community because the word huh. unity is in there. But that was interesting. Um this book is not meant to be an exhaustive study of Narcotics Anonymous's steps and traditions, nor is it meant to be the final word on any aspect of recovery or NA unity. Uh, that was from It Works How and Why, and I just found that fascinating because I've been using that literature to try to prove people wrong for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it says and right in there. It's so it's amazing. That. Like We've had the opportunity to travel and spend times in different areas mm-hmm. and see how different recovery communities just do shit different stuff that here would be so like maybe frowned upon or people would be like oh you can't do that like we were in one area in massachusetts and they didn't have a lot of people with a lot of time and you know they just they did their step work at a meeting like they had a Mm. what they called a flat book meeting and you went and you did your step work like they read the question out loud and three or four people within the room answered it and that's they considered that working step you know and i still say they considered that working (laughs) steps that's how they work the steps because there just wasn't enough people we had a conversation with a lady after the meeting that had some time she's like yeah man people are coming in in droves and we just she's like how many people can i sponsor like i can't sponsor 30 people Mm-hmm. Like it's just impossible. And so it was like, huh. So they have found something within that community that works for them. But in a different area like this area, you'd be like, oh, you can't. That's not working steps. Right. Like you need a fucking, we have a spelled out mm-hmm. like specific picture of what we think that looks like. Right. But that's not NA across the world practice. Right. We think it is because that's all we know. 
And look at this healthy ass lady in Massachusetts setting her boundaries. Like, I can't sponsor all of them. That's impossible. I'm trying to help them the best I can. I've created this unique thing here. Like, I'm like, damn, she did great. So, yeah, it's like it's and and we've had other experiences like that, too. How they do, you know, anniversaries. Different areas do anniversaries. Some it's not all about you. You don't get a fucking cake. Like, it's you get up at the end of the meeting, you get your coin, you get a hug. That's it. Like, and it's. You know, not that it's not a personal celebration or whatever, but we just do it different here. And it's fine. That's what's worked for our community. But sometimes we do get tied into this rigidity. This this is the only way. This is the way that it's supposed to look. And we get lost in, you know, the unity of of what serves to bring people together. And in that aspect, I will say... You'll hear a lot of like old timer people will say like how, you know, they would tell people to like sit down and shut up and take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth. Like we don't say that kind of shit anymore. Like we don't. It's like, no, come in. We love you. You're welcome. You know, sit down, talk to people. Like I think some things slowly change, (laughs) hopefully for the better. Um it's tricky. Yeah. I I feel like the old timers came in and they found the, the the freedom from active addiction or drug use whatever we want to call that and then just kind of got to that scared point of oh i got a grip on this i can't let it go and now i can't do anything further than that i just got to stay here with this information of cotton out of my ears in my mouth you know what i mean like well and i'm not going to say some people don't need to hear that right some people probably need to hear that some people need a sponsor that tells them you need to fucking do this 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 if you don't do that get a new sponsor you got 30 days like i don't know that people need that well i'm just saying like that (laughs) well it might work for some people like whatever like uh, there's just different ways of doing it than the way that i think that it needs to work I, i can see that like getting the the behavior you want out of someone almost if if maybe that's the caregiver (laughs) relationship they grew up in being mistreated but i don't know that it ultimately helps to transform them into something different you know thinking about what you said earlier like that we didn't necessarily get these principles or ideas in our you know childhood homes when we were growing up I, are we recovering or are we just covering at this point like we're we're learning this shit for new mostly yeah well not to get too into that because that's not even the way that i sponsor people but it's if someone's only ever lived one way and only knows one way of behavior like where do you start to begin that change right. like you know the the wording that i always heard was like bring the ass and the mind will follow or whatever so it's like maybe if you just start acting some of these behaviors eventually the understanding and thinking comes along with it you know (laughs) as you do the right things but you have to start you know doing some of the basic shit first i mean i think that's the basis behind it again that's not necessarily the way that i instruct people or sponsor people but was trying to think i'm like well on one hand i spent a lot of years and that did not happen just yeah. trying to do the thing and it, and it, you know the right. mind would follow but on the other side like i don't know i got here 
Yeah. So fuck it. I guess it did something to help get me this far. Yeah, who knows? Like say, I just, I just, try, in the spirit of unity, I try to remember like my way doesn't fucking work for everybody and I'm not the end all be all and got to figure it figured out. I just, I do what works for me. There's been enough people that I've sponsored that didn't stick around or don't do half mm-hmm. the shit I suggest to them or whatever. And I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just doing the best that I can, right, <laughs> you know, right. showing up and doing the best I can and, and trying to help people in the ways that I think they could be helped yeah. and letting other people have that same freedom. Mm. That sounds nice. <laughs> the that's imp- a lot of pressure off of me. Yeah. Well, have and to be right about everything. That's what I think <laughs> the solution is for all of us. Just yeah. take that fucking pressure off. It's useless. Um, the importance of our unity encourages our groups to look beyond their own little worlds to the common needs of the worldwide NA fellowship, placing the welfare of the whole before their own. This bothers me. Some. <laughs> I just don't know that it works that way. It feels backwards to me for what has worked for me. Like I, I, I tried to put everybody in front of me. That's basically the story of my life. That's what I was told as a kid. That's the message I got, you know, take care of, my adult feelings, little son. <laughs> like, that's what I was thought I was supposed to do. So I continued to try to put NA's purpose b- above mine and, you know, the world's purpose above the groups and my family's purpose above me. And, like, I was miserable. And I just don't know that that was the thing I needed to read at the time I read it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the practice I needed in my life when this was the information I was getting, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it without... A whole lot more context. I don't necessarily agree with that statement either. You know, like it's really important that I, you know, have my own sense of value and purpose and do what's in alignment with that. I mean, it takes some time to figure out what those things are and to do the work to figure out what my values are and how do I practice them and that sort of thing. But it's like even now, like, I limit my involvement in service, you know, at an area or regional level because Mm -hmm. I have a family and kids and Mm -hmm. some things that I want to do. And so, you know, I try to balance out my self-care, my family care, and my recovery care. Like, they need to work together. I don't think that I throw recovery at the top of that list, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know, unfortunately. I don't just Yeah, I don't throw it there, you know. Yeah, this sounds culty. Placing the welfare of the whole before their own. I, yeah, no, my my welfare is as important. And that's, I think, part of what I missed. And, and you know what this brings up for me? This part of the place that I think, and this isn't a knock on a 12-step program of any sort, but just kind of a, a observation or criticism of our society as a whole, we don't talk about feeling bad. We mm. don't fucking say, hey, I'm doing this thing like y'all are asking me, but it feels like shit, right? <laughs> right? We're just like, yep, yeah, I'm doing it. And everybody's telling me I'm great for doing it. And yeah. what we need to tell people, right? Whether this is in a Narcotics Anonymous, some other program of recovery, just the world in general, we need to say, hey, I'm doing these things and they don't feel good. Is there any other options? And and, and on the other end of that, we need to be open to not just say, just fucking keep doing it. Because that's yeah. what I feel like the answer is right now. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. The strength of our mutual commitment to NA creates the unity that binds us together in spite of all that may divide us. I mean, I think that has more in line with doing with it's important for us to all work within our traditions to represent, you know, the fellowship and sort of not get too astray with, 
you know, what we think, you know, like say either getting into, oh, we think this type of recovery house is best, or we should open these types of recovery houses, or we think this recovery path is wrong. Like, you know, I think it gets into some of that. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like I want to say more about that, but it's not coming to me. So, well. <laughs> uh, the unity described in our first tradition is not the same thing as uniformity. See, I did. Yeah. That. I thought I did. Uh, the unity that supports our common welfare is created not only by working together, but by playing together. This is something that has never stuck out. I have read this book before. That's new to me. I was like, oh, oh, how come I'd have missed that? Playing together. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important now, uh, looking at this, and, and a lot of this unity stuff was bringing up my family um, in my mind. This is like, how am I approaching my family, and what am I doing? And like, there was a time we weren't having a ton of fun together because I wasn't feeling good inside. The whole atmosphere of our household necessarily kind of followed that vibe, and there wasn't much room for play or fun. And I mean, this is something on a personal level that like, uh, this is kind of what led me on the journey I'm on right now. My recovery is somebody asked me, when do you have fun? And I didn't have any fucking answers, Billy. (laughs) Like, and I, and I thought on it for like a year. Like I still (laughs) didn't come up with anything. And it's not, look, my life was not like, I wasn't walking around crying or with a cloud over my head, but I would have moments of like entertainment or humor or smiles, but they just didn't feel like they stuck to me because the overall general feeling of my life was just bleh. And so, I mean, I think this fun piece and playing together like this is talking about is actually more important than than we realize. Like we got to be, we can't just all be out uh, doing the hard work of sweating and feeding the homeless and all like you got to go right. out and play some softball and have some good conversation at cookouts and you know, cornhole or whatever the hell people are doing. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I was just thinking of this in the opposite way as well. Like there is still some times in my life if I'm working within my family that I it can't all just be about me having fun. Because hmm. I struggle with that sometimes in my life. I'm like, well, I'm getting older. We're all going to die. Should I just be like, fuck it and do whatever I want that's going to bring me the most hedonistic pleasures and not yes. give a fuck like yes. <laughs> and then i'm like oh that sounds dangerous <laughs> well well like okay right now uh your son and i guess that's his buddy yeah are, are you know yeah. uh power washing your fence yeah. right you want your fence power washed that means something to you it's going to feel better to sit around when it's power washed it's going to look good it's going to give you a good feeling inside but can you play while you're doing it can they take the power washer and spray each other a little and make cool designs on the fence? And like, can it be fun while we're doing it? I guess right. is the question. You know what I mean? Can, yeah. Can it not be such a drag? Yeah. And I will say when I do things with more intention, even hard things, it's much more, maybe even not enjoyable, but it's much more tolerable and way less mm. like, I'm not fighting myself so much to do it. You know what I mean? It's like projects around my house. Like I've learned like, oh, I like when things are done and they look the way that I like them to look. Like I'm way more relaxed. You know, we just did some stuff in the living room. It's like, oh man, I like, like I sit in there. I feel relaxed. It's nice. It's comfortable. And it's like, yeah, you know, I had to do a little bit of hard work to get there, Mm -hmm. but the work, you know, hopefully pays off in the end. Right. Um, and again, we, our idea behind, funny enough, our idea behind that was based in like unity. Like we said, Hey, 
we don't really sit in our living room very much. We all kind of come home and then we run off to our individual rooms and we Mm -hmm. let's create a space that we all like to be that's comfortable where we want to hang out and spend time together, where we can spend time with our pets, like because they sit out there in the living room and we're off in our bedrooms. So, you know, we're trying to find work towards ways to bring us together. I mean, I guess I could have paid somebody to do it, but it took some work to be able to get to that place. It didn't just, we didn't just wish it into existence. Right. Well, and even if you paid somebody, it would take some work to get there yeah, still. To get right? Yeah, right. it still takes some work, right? Your backyard's awesome, by the way. I love it. <laughs> um, and we've worked on that as yeah. a place like we want a little oasis to it's be able to so come inviting. back and hang out. Yeah. yeah. And it looks like Spend that. It looks time, just like right? that. It's great. Um, so thinking about that idea of unity in my family, what I've been doing more of is putting my phone in a different room. Or just somewhere, honestly, around the same room that I forget where it's at because that happens quickly enough. But like this idea of I want people to walk in the room and see me ready and available to give them my attention because that's more important to me than whatever stupid fucking news article I've been reading that I'm right. I'm scrolling for by. like refresh. Is there any new fucking news in the middle of a Sunday? Like why? Right. right. I'm not even interested in half the shit I'm reading. <laughs> right. And I'm like, and it just annoys the shit out of me. Right. And I'm, and I feel so much better having this, this unity idea. Like I'm just yeah. open. Like, yeah, walk in the room. I'll fucking listen to you. Let's talk about whatever. Not all the time. Sometimes I'm annoyed and don't want to talk, but like, right. gee, just these things, these intentional behaviors, like what can bring us closer together has been on my mind and trying to do things like that. Just like you're talking about. Yeah, and we do have, you know, hopefully within our fellowship or whatever fellowship you're a part of, they have some sort of activities or events or whatever. And, you know, over the years, like those are things I've tried to actively be a part of, you know, when I can and things that I like to do because I want to be a part of my recovery community and promote them and, you know, let people know like, hey, we are out, you know, playing softball or there's a picnic coming up or there's a thing going on, you know. If anybody wants to come, I'll give you a ride, stuff like that, because it is important that, you know, we live and enjoy our life without the use of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this last one kind of feels like a a way of looking for unity. I don't know if it's a way to practice it, but it's a way of looking for it in our actions. It says many questions can be answered simply by determining how the action we contemplate will affect the unity of our fellowship. Will it serve to divide us or will it bring us closer together? Hmm. Yeah. When, when when am I asking that to myself? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking never. Right. I'll tell you that never. Right. But like, that's a great question. Even in my family system, like, yeah, is this thing I'm about to do actually going to bring us together or not? And that's, yeah, great way to evaluate it. Right. And, and again, back with most of these spiritual principles, I feel like we say this a lot or I say it a lot. It's like, it's really important that I understand and apply it in the ways that are meaningful for me in accordance with my other values you know like it's not important that you think that i am unity or you know you think that i'm practicing unity or not or that what that it looks to you like my family's practicing this or that i'm practicing this but that i'm actually doing this principle to the best of my ability in accordance with my values and beliefs with the caveat that I need to always be open that my beliefs and values can change with new information. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I talked about, it. there was two situations recently that it came up in my life and the other one, you know, where I was trying to figure out unity and the other one was at work. There was a situation that came up where, 
you know, we had some time to cover for some evening shifts at something. And, you know, I felt like somebody volunteered to do some of these nights. And then when it came time, he kind of backed out and was like, oh, I really can't. I can only do like two. And it, I felt like it fell on me to cover a large majority of stuff that I didn't agree to cover. But for the sake of, uh, you know, what I would say is for the sake of unity, I just did it. Um, But it was important that I sit down and like weigh out all that before I finally made a decision to be like, yes, I'm going to do it or no, I'm not going to do it. And I talked to my wife and was like, hey, you know, am I letting this person off the hook? Should I hold them accountable? You know, should I bring it up and and talk about it or should I just do it and not say anything? Like, what is the best way to alleviate this situation? What'd you come up with? For me, I had to understand that he had a different expectation on what it meant to cover these extra shifts than I did and that my values on the way I wanted to represent the company made it fall on me. Mm. Um, I still feel like there's going to be a time if this, like if this comes up again, I won't get myself in the same situation. I need to be more clear on my expectations of what it meant, you know? So there was some things that I learned about myself. Um, and understanding that, you know, again, when we hear this stuff, like I have a very specific way on what you just said, what I think you meant by what you just said. Right. And then it's not necessarily fair of me when you say, oh, no, that's not what I meant to be like, well, that's what I heard. So now you got to live by what I heard Ooh. you just said. Interesting. You know, so that's kind of where I landed, which. And I got to watch this, too. For me, most of the time is like, how do I avoid conflict or any kind of confrontation? Mm. And it's just to blame it on myself and just do it. (laughs) So there is some of that there, too. But that's getting way deep. (laughs) Well, yeah. And I was picturing like when you were first telling me about the story, I was like, there's like 10 days to cover. uh, You know, the one person's going to end up doing two of them. What would I do? And I was thinking I would just go the nights that it was right for me. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about whether it's covered or not or who is or isn't doing their job. I would say I'm committed. I can do two. Maybe I could do three. Probably three because I want to be better yeah. than that person. But <laughs> but yeah, and then I'll just do that. And then from there, maybe that creates a discussion about, oh, shit, nobody covered it. I didn't know why. And we can talk about why. Yeah. Or maybe it doesn't. And I just did what was right for me and I'm not mad. And that's kind of where I fell because there was a couple of things that I had to do that week. I had some commitments on certain days Mm -hmm. and all those days were able to be covered by other people that wasn't me. And really all the nights that I went, I didn't have anything particular going on. It wasn't a major inconvenience. It just, I didn't want to necessarily do it. That's a major inconvenience to me. (laughs) I didn't want to. So there was some give and take there, but you know, I I don't know that I would have sacrificed the, what I would have called the, there was three particularly important things during the week. Like I can't do this night, this night, or this night. Doesn't matter if nobody fucking does it. I can't do those nights. So I did have some boundary for myself, but But yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of weigh that out. And again, I didn't just sit with myself and make all these decisions. I actually talked with my wife about it and we kind of talked through like, well, what are your values? What do you think? You know? And she agreed with me on some and said she would handle some things maybe a little differently and you know, but that's, 
that's the point of having people within my recovery network and my support group or like how do we best exemplify these principles within our life and practice them with people around yeah you know well and and thinking about unity uh as we kind of come to a close here just I've been saying that like love is the thing that's the most important for me or my top priority or compassion, maybe or grace or, but unity could also qualify for this. This is like what I'm going into my family system with. I'm saying this unity between us and us relating to each other as humans that care about each other is the top fucking priority. And anything else that's going to stop that needs to go. That's my standpoint right now. <laughs> like anything that comes between that, right? Am I getting mad about something? Well, let me really examine this. Here, here's one. Um, we have, between my wife and I, three cars. We have an older car. We kept on to it when we got her a car so that the kids could use it as they became of age to drive and get licenses. So I have twin daughters. They're 17, almost 18. They share this car. That's enough of a conflict on its own. <laughs> But frequently, instead of doing it the way my wife and I wish they would, which is, you know, coordinating, making sure that if they need it, right, right, they have it. What they do is there's other vehicles at our house. uh, So there's, I don't know, five in total or something. So they just assume if my wife and I aren't using vehicles that they can just use it. So one takes the car that they share and the other one just uses one of ours. And like, in general, we were not really okay with that. Like, I want to keep my shit safe, right? New drivers (laughs) are going to fuck my shit up and I don't want that. But that's what I was given growing up, right? And when I really step back, even though I'm highly uncomfortable with this idea, Billy, the truth is I believe I should treat my kids the same way I treat myself. I want for them the same way I want for me, the best, right? Why would I not let them use my car? Yeah. Am I putting the car is more important than my love for my kid? And I really had to think about that. And I don't. Fuck stuff. Crash my car. I love you anyway. And like that's where this unity idea, my relationship with these humans is more important than anything that can come between us. That's what it is for me. And like I can't say I got that necessarily from the 12-step program or that I was able to very well apply it there. I wish I could have. But man, what a great concept to carry in our lives wherever we're going and whatever groups we're in. Like us loving each other is more important than anything that could divide us. Yeah. I mean, I think that's super important and I don't know. I guess I feel like I did get to most of that through recovery, you know, but I also have a a wife that's, you know, been in this same process and she's helped me a lot. She's been a huge, uh, motivator of change through conflict. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice way to say it. You know, just giving me, different ways of looking at things and and practicing and pointing out like hey this is the way that you were brought up and you didn't fucking like it very much or that mm. wasn't you know so how do we give our kids something different you that's know? awesome yeah that's awesome so go out there practice unity be united in your love for recovery sort of and we will <laughs> see you next week did you like this episode Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>